Hey, welcome back to the Urban Monk, Dr. Pedram Shojai, hanging out on a water fast. I'm doing a five-day water fast. Um, going to work off Italy a little bit, um, and I've uh, been doing a lot of uh, reading on the subject. Uh, a couple of my friends just finished a series on it, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, count me in. Then it was all about finding the freaking five days to do it. Um, um, but I found them finally. And I got to say, uh, it's freed up a lot of time. Uh, it turns out you spend time eating. And so, you know, it's actually shifted some of my routines because a lot of your routines and rhythms are around meals. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't do that today. <laughs> so what do you do? And, and my morning routine was, was a bit off this morning because uh, everyone was eating breakfast except me. Uh, and I'm a big morning routine guy. Um, always have been. And so uh, my guest today, uh, Benjamin Spall, has a new book out called My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. And, uh, you know, this is a big deal. It's a big deal in how I've run my life and how I've watched uh, you know, successful people run his. And this is Benjamin's whole shtick. So we're going to invite him on and uh, we'll start talking about this. Hey, welcome to The Urban Monk. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So what, um, what was the original impetus of starting this work? Uh, just watching all these people and what they did. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how did it start getting interesting enough to keep following those breadcrumbs? Yeah. So we actually, we came up with the idea about five and a half years ago now, Michael, my co-author, he came to me and we really, he had this idea of like the people's habits in the morning, you know, the, how important they are, how they help you continue on with the day. And we quickly realized that that is effectively morning routines. So just to you know dry run the product effectively, we just basically asked a couple of our friends to answer some questions that we put together, and then we put it up on this website. And then five years later, you know, it's going to be a bit of a snowball. Uh, but we interviewed more and more interesting people. Not that our friends aren't interesting, of course. And then uh, <laughs> and then eventually, like we got this uh, offer from Penguin to write a book, and that opened the doors up to even more you know interesting people. And um, yeah, it kind of just went from there. Yeah. So you have a lot of names on this thing that, you know, people would recognize. And so, you know, like, was it uh, General McChrystal? I mean, you have, you have, obviously you have, you know, testimonials from a lot of people, but who are some of the kind of notable people whose morning routines you followed in all this? Yeah, so we got we got some the standard big names, kind of like Ariana Huffington. Uh, we got one of the co-founders of Twitter, Biz Stone, uh, the chairman of the Vanguard Group, Bill McNabb, uh, the author Ryan Holiday. We we have a model on there as well. We really wanted the the people that we uh, that we featured to be from a as a diverse a set of people as possible, different ages, different countries. We really wanted to show that as you read through the book, sometimes they even contradict each other in their ideas. But it's it's interesting to see how how people attack the day differently depending on you know what they're into what they do and the kind of the kind of work they do so let's get into it um i mean i get up i do my qigong um pandemonium hits with the kids uh, you know but it's still it's a rhythm you know i go down you know hit the coffee machine for my wife and you know blend my smoothie with my my son for us and you know we get our thing we walk the dogs and it's just it's what we do with the chaos that that comes with young children um and i i love hearing about the routines of people um, that are, you know, just as busy, if not busier, who are rocking it, right? So let's let's talk about a couple of notable examples, if you will. Yeah, so we had, uh, let's first say, uh, Ryan Holiday. He's the author of The Obstacles Away and a bunch of other books. 
And uh, he was interesting because we actually featured him on the website maybe three or four years ago. And uh, he's at the same publisher as me. So when I told him I was doing this book, uh, he wanted to you know, edit his routine slightly because he's actually had a kid since then. Um, so we, we feature his morning routine, but then he, he talks about how much of it has changed since having his, uh, his first child. Um, but much of it is still the same. And for example, he'll get up and then he always wants to do one thing in the morning before showering. And for him, as he's an author, he's a writer, that's usually writing. So he'll try and get as much writing done as possible and then he'll shower. And then for the most part, if he gets to about midday and he's finished his writing at that point, he kind of considers it like day done. And anything else he can get done during the day, whether like phone calls or follow up, all of that is kind of extra. Uh, but he know that he knows he's got his main bulk of work done. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big deal, uh, especially if your your mojo is highest in the morning. I mean, why would you waste that on phone calls and uh, you know crap email? Um, so that that's interesting. So he's got you know writing chunk time, and and the, the shower is almost like the transition into into his other uh, other part of his day. That's exactly right. And uh, it's kind of interesting because we actually, in the book, we have several chapters. We have kind of working out, we have morning meditation, uh, but all people are kind of different. So let's talk about, about back to Ryan. He actually works out. Um, I think he goes for a run sometimes in the morning, but he likes to work out later in the day as well. Whereas when we spoke to uh, Stanley McChrystal, uh, he actually gets up at 4 a.m. to do an hour and a half run. And he's been doing this every day pretty much uh, for 30 years. And he also did this when he was in Iraq and Afghanistan, although his, his, time, his times were a little bit off because I think he was uh, working the night shift there. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Many people, many creative people, many writers, they actually prefer to write first thing in the morning and get in a workout later on. Whereas many other folks, they kind of prefer to use that time in the morning to actually work out and meditate and kind of more get into a rhythm of their day before they actually sit down to work. Huh. Have you noticed any difference? Um, or is it just, you know, uh, no rhyme or reason? It just depends on how they're wired. Like it, are some of them more successful or some of them, you know, happier. Yeah, it's very interesting because we often get asked like what are the morning routines of like writers versus, you know, athletes, all these different things. And though there are some similarities, we we preview, we, we uh, feature a few athletes in the book who, uh, you know, they often have quite intense training routines in the morning. Um, for the most part, these differences are kind of person by person. And there's nothing, even though there's these different activities that you can kind of take away from it, for the most part, people are just doing what works for them. And uh, we like to think of it as it's all about kind of starting your morning with intention and bringing your morning wins with you into the rest of the day. Because uh, if you can't really start your morning with intention, the rest of your day isn't going to go so well. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's interesting. You know, score one for the hippies, right? That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and. In any kind of way, I mean, is there any sort of methodology or is it just so long as you kind of park up and talk about your intent for the day, that's that's kind of the commonality? Mm. Well, certainly when you're beginning with a morning routine, so we say this in the book, and like if you're just starting out and you, you right now you don't really have much of a routine apart from getting up and going to the bathroom, uh, the first thing you want to do is kind of keep your routine short and easy to accomplish. So when you do this, especially in the beginning, it will greatly increase your chances of actually sticking to it. So this could include by like, sure, it could be not putting too many things in your routine. So although it can be tempting to think, well, I'm going to start, you know, running half an hour every morning and doing a 15 minute meditation after that, that actually may not be sustainable after a couple of days. You may realize that actually it might be better just to, you know, do like some push ups, some jumping jacks, just some, some basic exercises in the morning, followed by maybe just a two or five minute meditation. That may be something that you're actually going to stick to over the much longer term. And then if 
if you begin to enjoy one of those particularly, like the meditation, let's say, you may choose to then increase that to, you know, like 20 minutes, half an hour over time. That's interesting. And so first, you know, just like establish a beachhead, if you will, just get a routine going, just start to get some rhythm, get some just movement in that area. And then from there, build on it. That's Um, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you've been looking at morning routines. I mean, you know, there's routines that happen all all around, right? There's, you know, night night routines and all this. Why, Why is it so important to do the morning right? Why is it so important to set the tone in the morning? Yeah, so we, we, we kind of think about her morning habits in terms of kind of you wake up and that's kind of like your first trigger to actually like do your morning routine is the waking up. And you don't really have that trigger like in the afternoon or later in the evening. So we kind of think of it as habit stacking. So you wake up and then your next habit may be going to the bathroom. And then after that, it may be coming into the kitchen, you know, seeing what's up for breakfast, something like that. And we always say like after you go to the bathroom, assuming that's the first thing you need to do, uh, you then can use a trigger of going to the bathroom to then bring in that meditation bringing that workout and then you can kind of keep uh, stacking on top of that but while being aware not to add too much at once um, but to your point about kind of routines at other time of day we actually have a whole chapter in the book about sleep and about evening routines because both are very important for your morning um, with regard to evening routines you kind of they can kind of help set the tone for your morning routine in general. So when you have a good evening routine, that's kind of calm. It kind of slowly helps you get to sleep. Uh, That'll really help your morning. And a great way to actually spend your evening is to deal with all those, those little decisions that you don't want to have to deal with the next morning. So, you know, the whole concept of decision fatigue, uh, when you have to deal with all these decisions in the morning can real, really run you down before you even get to work or get on with your day. So for example, if you want to work out in the morning, you may decide to choose your workout clothes and put them out beside the bed. So you have them the next day or all your regular work clothes. And you can do, you can do these little tasks in the evening, such as, you know, tidying up your kitchen, put a, putting stuff away so that by the time you wake up in the morning, you actually, you, you feel more refreshed and you don't have to deal with these little niggling tasks for this thing. Is there an ideal time for a morning routine? I mean, my, mine's, you know, less than 20 minutes just because of the, uh, you know, the circumstances and all the people tugging at me. Um, but, you know, in looking at all this stuff and aggregating the data, I mean, is someone, you know, is, is half an hour the sweet spot? Is it five minutes? You know what? We, we actually haven't found that at all. I mean, I, I'm sure there's probably a case where it could go for too long and you're at the point where you're like, okay, you need to get to work now. But yeah. um, no, generally, I think you really can have a very short and sweet morning routine. And we recognize this because, yeah, many people just don't have that much time in the morning for many reasons. It could be kids. It could just be getting up very early for work anyway. So you don't really want to get up that much earlier to uh, have a routine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, when you... You just have to do everything really short and fast and kind of get the best benefit from it. So if you want to read for, if you want to read in the mornings, for example, even just reading five minutes will make you feel better than if you didn't read at all. And um, yeah, it's just, you, you really have to keep it short and sweet. And then if you can increase the length of the things you enjoy, but for the most part, kind of just keep it short. So you've looked at all of these examples. You've interviewed all these people. You've obviously written a book on it. Um, what have you added or changed in your morning routine after listening to all this stuff going like, Hey, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. I'm going to take, I'm going to take that on. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what's funny? Actually, it, it takes a lot of repetition to uh, kind of get this thing through to me. Um, so like for other people as well, I'm sure it's the same. I actually, so we've been doing the website five and a half years now and it was only about a year ago. So about four and a half years after doing the website that I started uh, keeping my phone in the kitchen overnight. So my Mm -hmm. wife got me this, you know, analog alarm clock, which looks great and has a horrible alarm, but you know, and um, so that sits on our bedside table now. And then my phone is in the kitchen overnight and 
I have it on airplane mode. So that's it's good in several ways. It means I'm not playing with my phone right before bed. It means I just have mm-hmm. books there instead of my phone. Um, but it also means when I wake up, I can't just reach for my phone. You know, if I want my phone, I have to actually get out of bed and then come into the kitchen. And for the for the most part, unless I have a you know early morning meeting or call that I have to check if a time has been rescheduled or something, I will normally not actually turn my phone off airplane mode until I either leave for work or sit down and start working at home. And um, yeah, that that has been recommended on our website. I can't even tell you how many times. And every single time I read it, I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. But you know, it's hard to it's hard to push yourself to do these things. Um, yeah. So that's one thing to say. Great idea for others. Yeah, no, it's uh, surprising. And actually, when we were writing the book, our editor said to us, she was like, there's a lot of repetition here. And uh, we were like, this is the point, you know, even though we did, we did remove a little bit of repetition, because she was right. Um, But you do kind of need to read the same thing over and over again to eventually kind of get it in your brain. Well, I mean, if we're talking about routines, I mean, the, the subject matter of the book is about repetition, right? That's very <laughs> <it's, it's> <laughs> So, you know, it's funny is I had, um, I had this task of trying to get um, uh, Jenna Bush, uh, George Bush, uh, uh, George Bush's uh, daughter, oh. she's on the Today Show. So like, you know, I got teamed up with her on the show and it was about trying to get her to be more mindful. Mm. And one of the things we dug up is like literally the first thing that happened in her household is, you know, one of the alarms would go off. Um, they wouldn't turn to kiss each other. They'd both turn away from each other, <laughs> grab their phones and just dive into their world. Right, right. And I'm just like horrified. Like, what? Excuse me, what? And, uh, and, and, it, it, and I didn't really realize how um, common that is, right? Mm-hmm. And how many people just wake up and dive right into, you know, what other people want of their, you know, of, of their or headlines or Facebook or just any, any old bullshit, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's a terrible way to let your day get out ahead of you. Oh, no, that's exactly right. And we actually, we interview someone in the book who she says uh, she had to teach herself to, when she wakes up, to kiss her husband who's, you know, right beside her before actually picking up her phone. And she was like, it took a while to get into that. Wow. Wow. Uh, what about for kids? Anything that come up for, for kids, like setting it up for, you know, preteens, teenagers, anything like that? Well, we, we don't talk about preteens and teenagers as much. We do talk about parents of younger kids. And uh, we, we do have to caveat by saying, we're not pretending that, you know, having a morning routine when you have young kids is as easy as when you do not. Um, right. that, you know, that, that would be a complete lie. This is clearly not. Um, but what we do say is if you can, as a parent, if you can just try and get up a little bit before your kids, if you know roundabouts when they typically wake up, um, that's a great time to have a short morning routine, be it like 20 minutes, half an hour. And of course, in general, kids actually do thrive on routine. So it's good to uh, kind of show that happening and hopefully that'll help you get that, them into a routine as well. Um, but yeah, we, we certainly, we interview parents ourselves in the book, but we do make the argument that however compelling many of the ideas may be, um, it's, ju- it's just not as easy. It isn't. You know, I, I noticed this myself is, you know, when you first have kids, it's just like, you know, they're waking you up every three hours. I mean, there's no sleep, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, let me get up at four and do this. It's like, just please, God, give me 20 more minutes, right? And then um, at some point, that kind of fog of war lifts and you realize that there's a little bit of like uh, stability in your life. And then at that point, it's just like, oh, wow, um, I, I, I get my life back, you know, you know, without the occasional, you know, hiccup or whatever it is, it changes the game because then you can start just waking up, predicting that, you know, you're going to be able to get up before the kids. Right, right. Whereas before it just wasn't the case. And I think a lot of parents 
fall into that, having interviewed a, a number of people, you know, having fallen into that trap myself. Um, and then they just don't fall out of it again, right? It's, it kills whatever morning routine they had. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Stanley McChrystal, who's, you know, been, you know, getting up and, you know, running for, for decades because he's an army dude. Um, maybe he has the discipline to have like, you know, literally run right through that. But for your average person, um, I wonder how many people lose their routines when young kids fall into their lives. Oh, I, I'm sure. Actually, in in this very parents trap, we uh, we interview Nick Bilton, who he's a, he's an author, he writes for Vanity Fair as well, and uh, he he actually describes both of his routines. So he he right now he has two kids, and I believe they're both under four. Um, so he he basically he, he describes his BC uh, routine, which he calls before kids, uh, before children. <laughs> sorry, and. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically, he, he describes that, and he describes how he would, he, you know, he would be he'd do his book work, and then he previously worked for the New York Times, so he'd be doing his New York Times work, and it'd be like this calm, uh, relaxed morning environment. And now he he then described his routine now, which is a lot crazier. He was talking about like the one kid chasing the cat, and how he like it reminds him of a WWF ring, um, and it, it, it's, it's quite fascinating because it's actually someone it, you read the routine of someone who he hasn't figured this this part out yet, and like he he mentions, he's like, I don't know when. This this is gonna be, you know, I don't know when this yeah. is gonna be figured out, and um, of course, I actually don't have kids myself, so I couldn't really help them with that. But we uh, we do mention in the book, like it's kind of a um, it's a temporary experience. So that's it's both. Yeah. You look at it as a good and a bad, you know. All all the bad from it is gonna go away, but also all the good from it's gonna go away. But um, yeah, it, it's it's fascinating reading the differences. Well, and it's also you know I I learned that um, you can't be bound to a narrative. I mean, yeah, you know, I was a monk for years and then I kind of came back to the world and, you know, yeah, I get up and meditate all as long as I wanted. Right. And then, you know, you know, you're in a marriage in a relationship and you, you know, you have your half hour meditation and then, you know, it's like, okay, let's have breakfast together before the day starts. Uh-huh. And with kids again, it's just like, you know, how dare they intrude on my, on my lifestyle. And then I think a lot of people just kind of fall back and just give up instead of being like, okay, now it's time to craft a new routine. Right. What can I do with the kids? But for me, I take, you know, we walk the, we walk the dogs with the kids Mm -hmm. and we have a routine where we all go on a family walk in the morning. And so we had to set something up. It's not quite, you know, as as Zen and Kumbaya in the morning, (laughs) but you know, at least, at least it's a, it's a routine. No. Yeah. You kind of have to deal with the reality as it is and deal with it, how you want it to be and how it previously was. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's slightly similar to when I got married because my wife is a, my wife is a night owl. She kind of, she would happily go to bed at about 1am, whereas I, I'm pretty sleepy come 10pm. Uh, so mm-hmm. we, we kind of have to compromise if we want to go to sleep at the same time, which we do the majority of the time. Um, but it means that, you know, I'm going to bed a little bit later than I want to, and she's going to bed earlier than she wants to. And in the morning, I'm kind of up and, you know, jumping around like kind of crazy. And she's just like, can barely keep her eyes open. But um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's different changes. And of course, that changed my morning routine from, you know, before we were married and I was single. So um, yeah, so it, you have to kind of adjust to how things are. So I don't I don't work as much in the morning as I used to before I was, uh, when I was single. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of just have to make sure you're getting that work done later on and make sure you're getting your routine in when it works for you so um, you can make the most of that time. 
So for someone right now who is listening to us being like, okay, that's great, but I don't even have a routine, right? Um, and my wife doesn't either, or maybe my wife does and I don't, and you know, um, now I'm jealous. What What's a good place to start? Like you said, you know, something short, something, you know, that that is repeatable and predictive so that, you know, they can get a win under their belt. But any other particular things that you found, like, you know, I'm reading this thing, like some dude, you know, does this like three scoops of coffee the same way every morning. So, you know, those are real kind of, you know, uh, Japanese way of like kind of curating your environment and all that. Um, have you found that to be more effective across the board or is it just anything goes? Well, we've, we found the most effective things to be kind of looking after your health first thing. So I would say drink, drinking a, you know, a big glass of water first thing and then doing those, those light exercises. And this is, this is very basic. This is if you're doing basically nothing right now and you just want to try with something. Mm. So drinking some water, doing some light exercises. And then if you don't meditate, I highly recommend it. I only meditate for 10 minutes every morning and it, it has a huge difference on my life, just those 10 minutes. And I'm sure it would have a greater difference if I did it even longer. Um, but it, it, it's very easy. You don't even have to close your eyes if you don't want to. You can just sit there in as, in relative silence, whatever you can get hold of. And we, we have found these to be the most popular things amongst the people we speak with. And we have a whole chapter on meditation in the book where we really explain how, even if you don't want to sit down, you can have these meditative moments in the morning. So many people talk about you know grinding the coffee beans or waiting for the tea to seep. Um, and these, these are moments where you can just like kind of think about the day ahead. And even though this is a very basic start to the morning you can kind of if you're if you're enjoying that you can then like add in the larger elements yeah yeah no that's that's great advice uh for me i love listening to the birds chirping outside right right and so one thing we start doing is you know whichever kid wakes up first or whatever we go out we open the door we go sit in the yard and just try to listen to the birds i mean the kids last about you know 40 seconds that you know i think that's the record <laughs> right but Again, it's like, okay, let's just take a moment. You know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people do the whole like coffee machine thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, I just put on the coffee. Now uh, this is my stretch time or my whatever time, right? Uh, Not Facebook time. Yeah. Timing these activities like stretching or, you know, relative meditating is is a great thing you can do if these things you're already doing, like the length of time it takes for the coffee machine or all these different things that you already effectively have timers for, even like the kettle kettle boiling, that's kind of a timer. You can uh, do things in that time. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's also an argument, you know, against all these kind of contrarians that are like, well, you know, I simply just don't have the time. It's like, okay, well, let's look at what you're already doing and let's, let's double, double dip somewhere. Right. And it's fine. You could, you could mindfully put on your shoes if if that's all you got. (laughs) Yeah. I I always think whenever I think to myself, I don't have the time. I look at, you know, the the number of hours kind of in a work day. And then I think about how much time I waste occasionally on like Twitter or something. And I'm like, no, I can, I can find a minute or two minutes here. There's, yeah, there's time for that, right? Yeah, I don't have time to write a novel today, <laughs> if that's fair, right? But yeah, there, there, there's time to stretch. There's always time to meditate. Give me a break, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you've, you've got a lot of high-profile people that you've had the, the benefit of getting downloads from. Was there anything surprising? Was there anything that was just like absolutely kooky? You're like, I can't believe that person does that. That's weird. Um, there, there was one person we, uh, we interviewed, uh, Dave Asprey, who's the creator of Bulletproof Coffee. And his interview was fascinating. Like he, he's a fantastic dad. It's great listening to him, how he, he says every morning he'll drive the kids to school. And while doing so, he'll create a story in which they're the main characters. So the, the story kind of only lasts as long as they're in the car. Um, but he does have some quirky habits. He, um, he has a goal to live to, what was it, 100, 175 or something. So he, he takes a lot of pills every day. 
I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not commenting on anything. I'm just relaying what he told us. But um, and yeah, he ha- he has this um, idea when when he goes to hotel rooms, he often uh, turns off. Well, he makes sure all the lights are off to begin with, and then he'll carry some black tape to cover up the uh, the lights. You know, the the flickering, blinking lights to ensure he gets his, the best possible sleep. And there's definitely something to that. I personally haven't done that. Um, but there's definitely something to that. And it was kind of uh, fascinating to read about the way that he travels with his routine. He's a, uh, yeah, so, so Dave's a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, I, I go on record by saying he's one quirky dude, right? Like he's just, <laughs> he just does a bunch of like really interesting shit. Uh, and, you know, um, and, and just knowing his backstory, it's, you know, it's oftentimes the people who have gotten really sick who've really paid the ultimate price for stuff that become incredibly sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, if your sleep is disturbed for so much time, then it's, you're like, dude, I need to just like black this thing out. And those routines become like survival, if you will. Right. Um, and you know, like for mold exposure, like Dave is so meticulous. He was in my house once and he's just like, I smell mold. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And all of a sudden there was like a flower pot behind him that had like had some mold in it. I'm like, wow, you're like a canary in the coal mine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's fascinating. I had gotten sick. Right. But they, yeah, but Dave is on an, an extreme end of that because of, you know, um, that's, I mean, that's his life. He, he is that guy. Like people are like, Oh, he's just talking that shit. Like, no, yeah, he right. is that guy. He lives that life. It's, it's, it's not a normal life. Right. But it is an incredibly interesting. Life. Yeah. I, I loved how genuine his routine was. So I, you know, I, I'd heard these things about how interesting he was and we received his interview back and I was like, wow, holy, he, he's, he's going for it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And he does it. You know who else I find does a lot of that is uh, Ben Greenfield. That guy is just like, he'll do, he'll just do things to test them right. on himself. Right. And you're like, wow, Ben, you are really, that, that, <laughs> that sounds a little reckless, right? And he'll just do it. And, you know, hats off to him. The guy's just a baller that right. way. It's just, you know, he, he's not going to be a hypocrite. Um, and that's, you know, there's something to be said for that. So, you know, hats off to both those guys. Uh, anything else? Any other kookiness or any, any sort of like weird stuff? That, that was maybe the weirdest stuff. I think for the most part, it was kind of fascinating how, well, this is the word that we're going to use, how kind of routine everyone's routines was. And um, we, we didn't expect that. We did expect a little bit more weirdness. And we keep being asked by the press, like similar to what you just said, you know, what what is the weirdest thing? And I'm like, a lot of it, a lot of it is very standard, which is kind of, it, it doesn't help when we're answering these questions, but it's fascinating to know in terms of actually making your own routine. Many of these people are doing things that are quite easy, like even the workouts they're doing are quite easy. The uh, you know the meditation routines, all that, they're very simple things that you can do in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that they they do them every single day. And um, one, one interesting thing to point out is um, many of them talk about, we ask this question always, which is if you uh, what happens if you fail? Like if you fail one day and you don't get your routine done, and many people think that if that happens and, you know, they're, they're kind of screwed, you know, they can't do their routine. So they, why even bother doing it the next day? Um, but we point out that that is not a great way of looking at it. And the majority of the people that we spoke with don't look at it that way either. You just think of it as one failed day and you can always get back to it tomorrow. And if you, if you let that one failure just like ruin your whole routine, then that's not a, a great way to go. There's a saying by the uh, Bodhidharma, the patron saint of the uh, Shaolin temple or Zen Zen Buddhism, really, um, which is fall seven times, rise eight. Mm -hmm. Life begins now. Right. And so it doesn't matter if you failed your routine, just get back up. Right. That's exactly right. 
go at it. And there's something, there's, there's a kind of undercurrent to what you're saying there that I just want to kind of stay on for a second, which is, look, there isn't some weird esoteric ancient Chinese secret that you haven't tried before. There isn't some electrode that you got to implant up your anus that's going to like change your life. You know what I mean? Like everyone's looking for like the newest thing that's like the routine they're missing. Mm-hmm. It's about the simple stuff, yeah. right? It's about just having a routine. <laughs> and, and, and that's, I think, you know, part of it. Everyone's looking for new, new, new. Maybe it's not about new. Maybe it's just about discipline. Maybe it's about, ryth- you know, rhythms and, and cycles and, 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 you know, giving yourself and your body, you know, something to look forward to every day. And, and you know, um, that's what everyone I know does. Like, you know, when I was a monk, we did a lot more, but it was also st- simple stuff. It wasn't like we were doing headstands versus, you know, regular meditation. We just sit down and meditate. Right. Yeah. No, we, we, in the book, if anyone ever mentions an app or if they talk about using a Fitbit or something, for the most part, I like took that out or I changed it to fitness tracker or something. Cause I want the book to be, I want it to live a long time. I want it to make sense in 10 years. You know how many books nowadays mm. they, you know, they like even embed tweets in the book and I'm like, well, this isn't going to age well. Um, so you actually, right. I, I wanted it to be clear that technology isn't a big part of it. And then on a couple of occasions, people talk about how technology actually makes everything better. Like they have like these sensors that let their uh, lights dim at night, for example, for the most part, nobody's really talking about technology. This, this book would, would have made sense, you know, 50 years ago and will hopefully make sense in 50 years. I love that. I love that. Everyone's got a hard on for technology. I don't think, I don't think it is. Um, I don't think it's what um, it's cracked out to be. And I think there's going to be kind of a, a, a drive in the next few years for people to go kind of low tech. Oh, sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing it myself, you know, I'm taking my kids camping more often, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want devices in their hands. And so if you're the person who, you know, cringed when I, when I mentioned that, that episode where, you know, this, this gal and her husband would both reach for their phones uh, first before kissing each other in the morning, uh, you probably need a morning routine, right? Uh, and, and you probably need to shift the way you're looking at your day and, and really curating it from the very first moment you open your eyes. And so um, I love this. I love this work. Uh, Benjamin Spall, uh, co-written with uh, Michael Zander. Uh, the book's called My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. I want to thank you for spending time with me here. Benjamin. Of course. Thank you very much. This was great. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, if you find some, you know, esoteric crazy routine out there <laughs> that, you know, we all didn't hear of, but that was this, the, the, the answer to all of our problems, you let me know. But until then, I'll just, you know, get up and do what I do. And um, that's, I think that's the moral of the story is just find something that works and keep doing it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Short, short and sweet. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Uh, let me know what you think of this episode. This is Dr. Pedram Shojai, the Urban Monk. I will see you next time. 